Hello, hello. This is Juan Adami from the podcast Let's Talk Business Insurance. I hope all of you are doing well. I hope you had a great sales week, and I really appreciate you being here today. Today, we've got a fantastic episode for you. Can't wait to dive into it. Uh, as you know, This is season one of my podcast entitled Salesmanship. And today's episode is episode seven, Tips for Making Successful Follow-Up Sales Calls. That's the topic for today. Now, last week, we had an excellent episode, Closing the Sale. Last week's episode, it's such a great topic, Closing the Sale, so many different perspectives and and different techniques and strategies. And I shared mine with all of you last week where we discussed how to set appointments um, instead of just sending a proposal. And and, and we talked about developing your closing strategy, you know, practicing your presentation and anticipating compromising on objections. We talked about clearly asking for the sale. What a great episode last week. I had so much fun doing it. And I did receive quite a bit of uh, very good positive feedback, great feedback from all of you listeners out there. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of you that are uh, consistently every week. It seems like I get more people coming in and leaving me great voice messages on my episodes. Uh, A lot of positive feedback and, and how they uh, use my strategies and what and, and some of the new things that they're learning. So I really appreciate that. That's how you're going to get the most out of this uh, podcast is by using your brain, really thinking about you know the new stuff that you're learning here, some of the stuff that you've heard before, but you kind of you know forgot about it and left it on the shelf, and utilizing it again and practicing it again and bringing it back to life. That's how you're going to get the most out of this podcast. So really wanted to take a second and say thank you for all of that. And please, I'm always going to say it every week at the end of today's episode, please send me a voice message on today's episode because I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of feedback on today's topic, which is follow-ups. So tell me if this is you. When it comes to commercial insurance sales, do you ever feel anxiety about making your follow-up calls? Do you struggle with your nerves, being nervous to make follow-up calls? Do you get those butterflies in your stomach? You're worried that, you know, maybe you're worried that you'll upset the customer because you're calling on them again, or you're worried because you're calling them too much. And you, and maybe uh, you start to think and worry that, oh man, I'm going to lose the sale because I'm being pushy by calling again. Is that you? Have you ever felt like that? I hope your answer is yes, because I've felt that way. And every salesperson I've ever met in my career, have we've all felt that way. This is very normal uh, when it comes to newer commercial insurance salespeople. And it's very normal for experienced commercial insurance salespeople to kind of forget about it and not do them a lot of times and feel that anxiety. Um, and, and so they just avoid it sometimes. So getting comfortable uh, with the fact that you are going to have to make follow-up calls to your customers is very important. And if you work on your skills and you work on your strategy for making follow-up calls, you'll no longer fear them. See, 
I no longer fear making follow-up sales calls. I no longer fear it. I don't call it. I don't care if I'm calling for the fourth time or if I'm calling for the 14th time. I never fear making follow-up calls because I've taught myself how to do it. And many other commercial insurance sales professionals that I know very personally and very well, they no longer fear follow-up calls. We 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 follow a process. We have a strategy. Um, we 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 get into the right mindset, and we know what we're gonna say, whether it's a it goes to voicemail or whether that person picks up. We know what we're doing, and so that's why we no longer fear follow up sales calls. And I'm gonna teach you the roadmap to get you there. So today, we're gonna answer these questions when it comes to uh, commercial insurance sales and and making follow up calls. We're gonna answer these questions. How do I get rid of the anxiety and the nerves when it comes to making follow-up calls? How do I build more confidence for making follow-up calls? And then lastly, how do I make them? How do I make great follow-up sales calls? What exactly should I be saying? What questions should I be asking? That's what today's episode is about. Today, I'm going to teach you the three things that you must do to make successful follow-up sales calls. But before we get into today's topic, I want you to think about this. I'd like to share my perspective on the struggle, if you will. So as you know, those of you that know me well and and those of you that are getting to know me, um, I've been managing telemarketing sales rooms sales, uh, professional teams, uh, commercial insurance sales teams, personal lines, insurance sales teams, even loan officer sales teams. Um, and all of the, the follow-up call anxiety all comes down to, uh, there's always two perspectives, right? From the manager's perspective, from the sales manager's perspective, trying to get their sales team to make follow-up calls and to follow up on their leads. See, sales managers were put under the pressure to make sure that our salespeople are making the calls. And the reason for that is obviously because the company, the company's perspective is always going to be, well, we paid good money to get that phone to ring. And so, you know, it's very costly for us to get these leads. And we want to make sure that our salespeople are really working them, not just, you know, calling one time, making an effort and then saying, oh, that one's not going to buy and going on to the next one right? So that's one perspective. And then you have the salesperson's perspective, which is, um, you know, and obviously sometimes you're newer, um, sometimes you're a veteran and you don't, you don't have a very good conversation with the customer in that first meeting. So you've, you've already kind of gotten off on the wrong foot in in the first sales call. And now your boss is asking you to call them back. Right. And, And so, so that's the other perspective from the salesperson's perspective is, you know, I'm just going to piss this guy off. I'm going to make him upset. I'm going to call him again. And he's going to, or he or she is going to get super mad and hang up on me. And they're never going to buy anyway. Right. So, so there's these two perspe- perspectives, one from the manager and one from the salespeople. And, and um, my perspective, my take on this is very simple. The way that I got over the anxiety of making follow up sales calls is I read books. And I went to webinars, I listened to webinars, I I watched videos, I went to seminars, and 
I learned strategies from different sales trainers. And my favorite is Brian Tracy. So that's who I follow as my sales trainer. That's my sales mentor. And, you know, that's how I got over that anxiety. And my perspective is just simply this. When you're a salesperson and you don't have a very good call with a customer the first time around, it's very easy to fall into the trap of making excuses for not making your follow-up calls, right? Just common sense. You don't, you get anxiety to make that call because it didn't go right the first time. And so it becomes very easy to start uh, into this mentality that, well, you know, it's, it's pointless. It's worthless to make this follow-up call. And, and we start to make excuses and, and we start to come up with reasoning why we shouldn't. I've heard many salespeople tell me in my career, well, Juan, you know, I just, you know, sometimes I think about the customer and I start putting myself in their shoes and I start going, you know, this customer, you know, if I were the customer, I wouldn't want five follow-up calls from a, from a salesperson. And so that's why I don't want to do one. Right. And that's very, that's a very valid point. I actually agree with, with that to a certain extent. But the point is, is that if you're going to make a follow-up call, and you're unprepared, you're not in the right mindset, you don't have a strategy, and all you're basically going to do is pick up the phone and go, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, um, I'm just checking in. Oh, God, I hate that, right? I'm just checking in, or I'm just calling. Think about what you're doing. You're already kind of making the call seem like pointless. I'm just... I'm just checking in somebody from my perspective, right? I'm like, shoot, I'm, I'm married. I have uh, five kids. I don't need anybody else checking in on me, right? That's not the approach that's going to work for somebody like me. So that's my point. My perspective is simply, you know, if you don't have a strategy, if you aren't in the right mindset, if you don't know what you're going to say on a follow-up call, then you're absolutely right. Don't even make the call, right? But if you do have a strategy, if you do have a process, if you do know what you're going to say, then you give yourself a chance to have success on those follow-up calls. So to answer that um, question of, you know, if I put myself in the customer's uh, mindset, you know, I wouldn't want five calls from a sale. You know what? The, the, you can kind of turn that around and say, you know what? If I make a good strategic follow-up call, then the worst that's going to happen is I open the open the conversation up and the customer the customer and I come to the conclusion that the customer is not going to move forward and at least you have closure as a salesperson right and the other scenario is you make a great follow up call you ask great questions you open up the conversation and maybe it does move forward right if you're prepared so that's what I kind of want to get you thinking about as we go through this is that it becomes very easy to make those excuses. But as you're going to see, as we go through today's podcast, that there is a way to make them and there is a way to make them um, very, very strategic and knowing what you're going to do. And you're going to reopen those conversations, even if the conversation didn't go well the first time around. So with that, that's my perspective. Now, according to most sales trainers in very many different industries. And according to my 20 plus years in sales, a sale is typically made after the fourth or fifth sales call. Think about that for a second. 
It's going to take at least four or five sales calls. That, that That's just the statistics. Many of them vary, but that's about it. Four or five calls. So this means that it's going to be very important to be persistent in your follow-up sales calls because that's where most of the sales are being made, right? So you may occasionally, occasionally you may win a sale that doesn't involve many calls. It's almost like a, a one call close, but that's going to be the anomaly, right? Many or most of my sales that I can remember making have come after making several follow-up calls to my customers. And many of the wins that I've been a part of as a sales manager, helping my, my salespeople sell, have come from four or five or even 10 follow-up calls. And I want you to think about this, you know, especially on the larger commercial insurance accounts, right? On a 10, maybe a $20,000 premium, maybe a $50,000 premium or higher, right? On those type of premium accounts, do you think you're going to make more than five follow-up calls to make that sale? You think you're going to have to call that person maybe 10 times? I would imagine that you're probably going to have to make a 20 follow-up calls to that customers to win, to win an account like that. You're probably going to have to make more than 20 because think about how hard it's going to be to get that person on the phone, right? So I know that I have made many, many, many calls on a big premium account. So I really want you to think about, think about that and, and ask yourself this question. Would you consider yourself to be a persistent salesperson? On a scale of one to 10, how persistent are you? Because I really want you to think about this because persistency is going to be key to making great or excellent follow-up calls. Okay. So what are the three keys to making excellent follow-up calls? Well, I kind of already alluded to them a little bit earlier. The first one is mindset. You have to be in the right frame of mind to make excellent follow-up calls. And part of that mindset is what to avoid thinking, right? I kind of went over that a little bit ago. The second key is strategy. How do you set up your follow-up calls for success so that you already know how you're going to go about making a successful follow-up call? The third key is the execution part. What you're going to say on each follow-up call. So that's the last piece. So the first piece is getting in the right mindset. Second key is having a, a strategy that you're going to follow. And the third key is the execution part, knowing exactly what you're going to say pretty much to down to the, you know, down to the nitty gritty, what you're going to say on each follow-up call. So let's start with the mindset. Time to get your pen and your paper out. Um, take notes. There's, we're, we're going to go over some great stuff here. How do I get in the right frame of mind when making follow-up calls? And what do I need to avoid as far as thinking-wise, mindset-wise? What do I need to avoid? So the purpose of getting into the right mindset when it comes to making follow-up sales calls is twofold. To build confidence and get rid of the nerves and anxiety, right? So how do we do that? How do we build confidence 
for follow-up calls when it comes to our mindset? Well, the first part, um, I always call it the golden rule. Follow the golden rule. This rule states that the sale is made after the fourth or fifth follow-up call. That's what I, I mentioned. I, I brought that up earlier. The sale is made after the fourth or fifth follow-up call. So commit. You have to commit to following this golden rule. You train your mind to not even expect a sale. We are not even expecting a sale to come our way, big or small, to come our way without following this golden rule. So you commit to the golden rule that it's going to take at least four or five calls before you get that credit card, before you get that e-check. It's going to take four or five calls, minimum. Also, how do we build confidence? Well, understanding that follow-up calls are one of the main building blocks to making a sale. You see how this is all coming together? It's part follow-up calls. You have to see them in your mind as part of your sales process. I've committed myself that follow-up calls are part of the game to make a sale. Just like you have to complete step one of the sales process, right? You have to do the meet and greet part right to open the dialogue and build some rapport. You have to complete step two, the explore part so that you can learn the story of the business rather than just the, the data. Remember that? You have to complete step three. Remember the, the make recommendations part? You have to do that to open the customer's mind to their real exposure and get them thinking. Then you have to complete step four of the sales process, closing it by clearly putting the customer in position. You have to put them in the position where it's time to make a decision, right? And unless the customer says yes, right? That's the best case scenario is that every, all four steps went correctly and they buy. But if they don't, then you have to do step five, which is making excellent follow-up calls to continue your chances of winning that sale. So one of the building blocks, the steps of the sales process is having the, the mindset and completing excellent follow-up sales call. It, it, it's, it's no more, one building block is no more important than the others, right? So that's how we build confidence. Lastly, the way we build confidence for our mindset is we have to assume the sale. Every, you're going to hear that in almost every sales book. There's going to be some kind of mention of assuming the sale, right? You put yourself in this mindset on every phone call, on every in-person meeting with your customer that whether you're speaking to the customer or you're leaving a voicemail, for instance that the customer is going to buy from you. You're assuming the sale. Your attitude, your mindset is that I'm getting this sale. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what do I need to avoid when it comes to having the right mindset to make follow-up calls? Well, I kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier. You have to avoid the overthinking. Many times, newer commercial insurance salespeople, we buy into the thinking that we need to worry about upsetting the customers. 
when we make our follow-up calls. It's very easy to, to um, succumb to that theory, right? That uh, we also buy into the theory that we're going to lose the sale somehow by frustrating the customers with follow-up calls, right? The reason that we fall into this category, we fall into this trap is because we have no strategy and we have nothing prepared. This is what typical commercial insurance salespeople do. They have no strategy. They have nothing prepared. So they say things like on a follow-up call, like I was just calling or on a voicemail. I was just calling. I was just checking in, right? Those are not real follow-up sales calls. They're just saying whatever falls out of their mouth at 9.35 in the morning on Tuesday. And that is not a strategy. <laughs> at least at least that's not a winning strategy in my opinion, right? These are not real follow-up sales calls. So we're going to teach you how to make real follow-up sales calls. So now let's move on to the strategy. Now that we've talked about the mindset and what to avoid, now let's talk about the strategy. What's a successful strategy to making follow-up calls? Well, first thing, try to set an appointment for your follow-up calls. Just like we talked about in closing the sale, making an appointment to go over your insurance proposal. That's the same way you need to treat follow-up calls. Always try to set an appointment for you and the customer to speak at a further time, date and time, whether you're leaving a voicemail or you get the customer on the phone, right? You're always trying to set an appointment for a follow-up call. If you're in the voicemail trap, let me, let me, a little side note here. If you're getting nothing but voicemail after voicemail after voicemail every time you call, just try to remember that you're in that voicemail trap because you brought that on yourself. As salespeople, we brought that on ourselves a lot of times by not setting appointments. We let the customer get off the hook by saying, you know what? I need to think about it. I'm still kind of thinking about this, or I need to talk to this person. And I need to do this. Let me think about it. And then we just go, okay, I'll follow up with you. And we don't set any day or any time to follow up, right? So sometimes we fall into that trap because we brought it on ourselves. But more importantly, more important than that, whether you didn't set an appointment or not, going forward, that's what we're going to try to do is set appointments. But more importantly, we're not going to give up. You can't give up. Remember the persistency thing. We have to be in the mindset that follow-up calls are part of the game. It's part. It's the only way I'm going to make a sale. And so I'm going to keep fighting on. So second piece to a successful strategy to making follow-up calls is we have to use the information that the customer gave us in the earlier sales process steps. We didn't just gather that information just to have it, we gathered that information for this particular time in the sales process. We have to use it now. Whether you're leaving a voicemail or you get the customer on the phone, you have to remember what they said was the reason why they were looking to purchase insurance. Remember when we talked about um, the who, what, when, why, where, and how, right? Always be thinking in that terms of the who, the what, the when, the why, the how, all of that right? So we have to remember, 
when we asked them why they were looking to purchase insurance, what did they say? And bring that up. Now that you're making follow-up calls, you're going to bring that up. Remember when we asked them when they were looking to get insurance? Hey, Mr. Customer, Mrs. Customer, when were you looking at getting this thing started? When were you looking to get this policy in place? We're going to use that now to our advantage when we're making our follow-up calls. Remember the relationship that we built? Remember the relationship in the meet and greet part? I'm going to show you how to use this relationship part when we get to the next, the next piece in this podcast, but how to make great follow-up calls. We have to use that who, that what, that when, that where, that why, that how. We're going to use that to our advantage. It's part of our strategy. Okay. Now, that's the strategy part. Now let's discuss the execution part. Now we're going to put those two together, the mindset and the strategy, and it's time to execute, right? How do you make great follow-up sales calls? What exactly should I be saying? What questions should I be asking? That's what we're going to talk about now. So let's recap. That's the first part of a follow-up call in the execution part. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, let's recap real quick. The last time we spoke, I presented an option blank, right? I presented blank last time we spoke. You said you needed to think about it or you needed to talk to this person, right? So you said blank because blank. Has anything changed? That's the first part to making a successful follow-up sales call. We have to recap. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, last time we spoke, I presented an option for your business. This company did this, did that, this coverage, this price, this blank, right? You said you needed to think about it because you needed to talk to your lawyer. You need to talk to your accountant, whatever their excuse was, right? Has anything changed? Have you been able to, to think more about it? Has anything changed? That's how we start that conversation. Then we move on to the next piece. Now, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, you mentioned that the reason you were purchasing this insurance was because you felt blank. You felt that, it was very important to have your business insurance because you're worried about this coverage or you're worried about this scenario happening. Remember that how we talked about that? Has anything changed there? You see what I'm doing here? I'm walking them back through our conversation last time. That's the recap part. So you mentioned the reason you were purchasing this insurance was because you felt that blank, right? That's the why part. Remember when, when, when you were asking them, why are you buying this insurance? Now, here's another, here's another part to the execution. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, I thought a lot about that since the last time we spoke. And I feel that blank. So this is where you get to use your power phrases using the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, right? The how. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, I thought about that I thought a lot about that since the last time we spoke. And I feel that blank. 
Here's the next part. Especially because blank. And that's where you're going to that's where you're going to use what you learned about the customer, the relationship part. <coughs> Excuse me. So let me let me say that again. I thought a lot about that since the last time we spoke. And I feel that blank. That's where you give your power statement. I feel that my policy covered you for the scenarios that you're exposed to every day, running your business, blah, 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 especially because, and that's where you use the relationship part, what you learned about your customer. It might be especially because you plan on, um, you know, passing this business on down to your son and you said that was really important to you, or especially because uh, you were saying that, you know, your business is the sole income of your household. And so you were worried that, you know, if, if anything, if you were sued for something regarding your business and you didn't have coverage, that was, you know, that's obviously going to be a big, uh, big time loss for you. That's going to be a bad scenario for you. So especially because blank. See what we're doing here? We're walking the customer down the path. Now, next part, sell the fact that you care. What an interesting concept, right? Sell yourself. Sell that you care about this customer. I would say something like, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, a lot of agents, they just send an insurance proposal by email and they never even follow up like I am right now. Most of them will never even call you back. They don't care whether you buy insurance or not. I would even throw in, imagine what's going to happen when you call them back and you need customer service. Right? Imagine if you if you did buy from them and you needed service, would they even pick up the phone? Right? I really want to earn your trust. I want you to see that I care about insuring your business in case something really bad does happen. See what I just did there? I differentiated myself from my competition. Sell the fact that you care. A lot of agents are just going to send an insurance proposal by email and they're never even going to follow up like this. They don't, they don't care necessarily whether you buy insurance or not. I want to earn your trust. I want to earn your business. I want to be there in case something really bad happens. I want to be the person with the carrier that comes on in and hands you the check to make things better. Last part, ask for the sale again. ABCs, right? For those of you that remember Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, remember that one? ABC, always be closing. Have I done enough, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, to earn your business now? The emphasis is on now, right? I made, this is my fifth, my 10th, my 20th phone call. Mr. or Mrs. Customer, have I done enough now to earn your business? Have I done enough to earn your business now? And if you still get another excuse, well, that's going to happen sometimes. If sometimes you're going to do all of this and you're still going to get another excuse, that's okay. Ask for another appointment to discuss and keep following the process. You have to be persistent. You have to be smart. You have to be strategic. Just don't give up. Don't give up until the customer tells you to, until the customer tells you to give up, hopefully in a nice way. Don't give up. Keep following the process. Okay. So that's the execution part. I, I know I threw a lot at you in that piece, but I hope you were taking some good notes. If not, rewind it, listen to it again. There's a lot in there that you can use 
when you're making a follow-up call. You need to recap, you need to use what you learned, and you need to always be closing, right? So let's recap. What are the three keys to making great follow-up sales calls? Well, what we went over, get in the right mindset. Follow-up calls are part of the sales process. They're necessary to making a sale. Secondly, have a strategy. Follow a strategy so you don't be, you're not going to be one of those uh, insurance salespeople, commercial insurance salespeople that just says whatever falls out of their mouth at 9.35 in the morning on a Tuesday, right? I'm just checking in. I'm just, uh, I'm just calling, right? That's not a strategic follow-up call. That's an unprepared follow-up call. So have a strategy. And the third part is the execution part. Use those power phrases I recommended. Use those great questions. Recap your last conversation, where you left off. Stand behind your work. Differentiate yourself. Use what you learned in the other sales, the other sales process parts. And ABC, always be closing. So with that, uh, thank you so much for listening today, guys. I had so much fun with follow-up calls. I hope you did too. Uh, please, by all means, send me a voice message if you liked the episode. If you have any questions, uh, concerns, comments, things you learned, I I'd love to hear your takeaway moments, your, your aha moments, right? And until next week, this is Juan Adame from the podcast, Let's Talk Business, Insurance. I hope you have a happy sales week. We'll talk to you soon.